Hi, this is Mark. And this is Francois from the Daily Ride Podcast. And uh, we're reaching out to everyone to ask you to please tell your friends, family, loved ones to subscribe to Cats, the podcast. Dogs. Anybody who you think might press the button. Yep. And because uh, we're trying to broaden the listenership of the show and we can only do that with your help. That's so true. That's please true. Uh, subscribe and, and share it with a friend. Yeah. Hi, this is Mark and Francois doing the Daily Ride podcast for Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. And even though we're playing it cool, boy, real cool, we're still putting the commute in commuter entertainment. Sweet smell of garbage in the morning. Uh, I believe it's pronounced the Gabazoo. The Gabazoo? The Gabazoo. Uh, it smells uh, fancier if you say garbage. Garbage. The Garbagio. Uh, uh, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, your son's turned to nine. He's a nine-year-old now. That's true. Uh, I noticed the training wheels have come off his bike. Yeah, he started to notice boys he likes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Girls he likes. Uh, isn't, isn't, isn't that modern? I'm not gonna judge isn't, isn't that modern yeah, of him? Very, very progressive. Uh, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's nine years old. Had his birthday party. It's pretty awesome. Uh, yes. <laughs> you had a thought. Yeah, I did have a thought. Uh, uh, Is it a thought you'd like to share with the class? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll take that as it. I I think I think you're ultimately gonna have to edit out my uh, my initial reaction of disgust when you said boys he likes because that ain't PC now. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, and actually, I mean, in fact, it doesn't disgust me. Right. But I was uh, reacting for uh, comic effect. Sure. But I know they can destroy a comedian's career these days. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it can. So I guess. <laughs> Our careers are destroyed. <laughs> oh well. Looks like we'll have to start over from scratch. We'll have to earn back our ten listener. Uh, our listener. Our listener. I was trying to. Yeah, that was you trying to pump it up. Trying to pump it up, but we'll have to earn back our listener. Cole, <laughs> if you're listening. Sorry. We didn't mean to come off all homophobic. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't mean to mean to offend anyone's delicate sensibilities. <laughs> uh, yes? Yeah, okay. So, uh, <laughs> we done apologizing now? Yeah, I'm done apologizing. Pretty, pretty you know what? Whatever. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what's new in your world? What have you been up to? Uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Even though I saw you yesterday and the day before. Yeah, we've been, uh, well... We've been busy. I don't know. It just seems like we've been busy. Yeah. Uh, shit to do. Uh, places to go. People to see. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. There are stakes. People to offend. Just ripe for some... No, that's not quite right. There are chicks just ripe for some kissing. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, a weird way to put that. Yeah, it's from a song from Bye Bye Birdie. I never saw Bye Bye Birdie. Did you not? You're missing... I don't think I've ever seen Bye Bye Birdie. <clears throat> you are missing nada. Nothing? Nothing. I think I was even in Bye Bye Birdie and I never saw Bye Bye Birdie. No. I was in Bye Bye Birdie. 
No, there was in, like the our school did a production of it. Really? I was I wasn't in that one. It was actually just before I started being. In I played Conrad Bernie. Nice, congratulations. Oh, yeah, I got four songs. From based on the title, I'd imagine that that is the lead role. <laughs> that is the lead role. Yeah. He plays a. Uh, he's a, Conrad Birdie is like a Elvis Presley light. Sure. <clears throat> and he blows into town to do a concert or something, and all the chicks go nuts. Right. Okay. Um, isn't that kind of like the play Ian did, Ziggy? Something. Oh, um, Ian was in Bye Bye Birdie. Really? Wasn't he? I don't Something. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, he was in The Big Fucking Giant. Yeah, The Big Fucking Giant. Uh, but you know what I really don't like about school plays? <coughs> is that... <laughs> this is good. This better be a list. <laughs> it's the lighting. It really lets me down. You know, they don't have the gear that they need to do a proper production. And I... <laughs> no, it's um, the thing that I the thing that bugs me that they do in school plays. Well, actually, there's two major things that I have a big problem with. One is that they always seem to pick because I guess there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of stuff out there. Uh, they always seem to pick a play that is too big for their britches? Yeah. You know, it's rather than doing something that the kids can kind of hear. Sorry, hold on. I gotta adjust my fucking mic. There. Um, instead of doing something that the kids can kind of handle, they'll pick like West Side Story, but then try and cut out all the complicated or emotional or you know, meaningful parts. And... Until it's just like this sort of watered down nothing of a play. They you know cut what I mean? The, the... Well, like they'll cut out. Like I remember, I remember doing like the Music Man, and there were sections of that play that were just trimmed, a for time, but b because it was just like, man, this will give them less to remember, and you know. Really? Yeah. Uh. Well, that that is a shame. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of weird. But there, I mean, I guess in in reality, there aren't many plays that a school can do. You know, it's not very convincing to see you know a a ten year old, a twelve year old, you know, outside the window going Stella. Sure. <laughs> you know, I could have been a contender. <laughs> really, a contender? You're twelve, man. Do you have any pubes yet? (laughs) How much contending are you going to (laughs) do? So, yeah. So, like, I think it is very difficult for... Like, even, even like, a play like Our Town or... Well, maybe not Our Town, but uh, Oklahoma. Right. Which is a kind of light and jaunty musical. It is. Uh, This guy had to fucking rush past me. He did. To turn in front of you. Completely black traffic. Um, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's... You know, they can't play adult characters. Like, me at 16 is Conrad Birdie and fucking way stretching it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did, like, Peter Pan. That was pretty good. Okay. That was so a you good got, So play. you got one. 
But here's the thing they did with that. It was, it was, we were doing it in fourth and fifth grade, and so they made two kids split the role of Peter Pan. Yeah, that was confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> I didn't know who I was talking to. Who's Pan? Who's this? Who's... Suddenly there's a new guy. It's like a soap opera. Well, when they, actually, when fortunately, they, me when and they the swap kid, out your main character. Me and the kid, they swapped out, uh, fortunately, did not. Uh, they looked, we looked similar enough that I don't think a lot of the parents noticed. <laughs> Unless it was your kid. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, so me and Rowan Post's parents were in yeah. an outrage, but... Well, not in an outrage, just confused. I fell really behind on my schoolwork that year because I really dedicated myself to the play and learning all my lines. <laughs> well, that's another problem with school plays. I mean, there's a lot of problems, unless you're in a, a theater, but that's the thing theater that, school. That was the thing that was important to me, you know? No, I know. Like, I was excited to be in theater. Hey, listen, I was a fucking kick-ass uh, riff uh, in the West Side sure. Story. Yeah, you were. Uh, so convincing that, uh, and I sang my song, and I I worked with a with a music coach to get like sing my songs properly. And, <laughs> right. Uh, Did you really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because those those theater songs they're harder than regular songs for a couple of reasons. For one thing, your voice is way above the music typically. Right. <clears throat> so you got no place to hide. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. You can either because all the songs in a play like that they tell a story too. And you well, need yeah, to, part people of it. need to hear the yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. so, like, the Jets are gonna have their way tonight. Let's see, there's gonna be fight. Yeah. The Sharks are gonna have their day tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so if you miss a lyric or something like that, all of a sudden you're you're well, a little bit lost. Well, and, and but really, just from a musical perspective, like. Everybody knows when you really botch a note. <laughs> a note, yeah. And the same thing's true, like on a guitar. You know, like you're playing a song, and all of a sudden, yeah. Although I will say, you got places to hide with a guitar. Sure. Like you can hit that bad note again, and then just say, "No, I was doing a jazz bit on it." Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how bad it was. Yeah, fuck it up twice, and it's jazz. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so and if you if you uh, smile ironically, it's even jazzier. My smile is almost always ironic, right? Yeah. So uh, you're just a natural born jazz man. It's like everything else about me. Mm. No one knows what I really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's important to me. I noticed the Mickey Mouse T-shirt in the right <laughs> Mickey Mouse T-shirt, snow cap in the summer, <laughs> handlebar mustache. Mm. Tweety Bird tattoo. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> so yeah, but but that's but you but when you're when you're it's funny when you're seeing it's sort of like being on you know like those shows The Voice or whatever it is, where the the just the vocals are way out in front, right, of the thing of everything else. Yeah, yeah, and and they're hard songs typically. <laughs> like there was you know they they demand a range. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I did. I worked with a vocal coach. They weren't. They do. weren't written for Lou Reed. <laughs> no, no, they're. Hey, babe. Or or Tom Waits. Jets are gonna rumble tonight. <laughs> I said, hey, sugar. <laughs> Jets are gonna rumble tonight. 
I would pay anything and to have seen a production of West Side Story starring Lou Reed. And a Puerto Rican's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. funny. That would have been cool. Um, no, it's, a, it's written for people with wide, broad vocal ranges and limited acting ability. Right. I don't know if you notice that about uh, musicals. But uh, yeah, you don't have to be a rock star actor to be in a musical. You really don't. Yeah. I don't think. No, it's yeah. true. Yeah. And I mean, even, like, and you do get rock star actors doing musicals, but you don't oh, have yeah, to yeah, be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's true. I think of you know plays more than movies rely on the writer. Yeah. You know, because you think about how Shakespeare plays are acted, they're always kind of acted like school productions. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I although mean, I, I did see I, one of my one of my earliest memories of going to the theater, the theater. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. <laughs> is uh, is my first my earliest memory is you took me to see at the Flynn. I think it was much ado about nothing. Not Othello? No, it was not Othello, although you did take me to see that later. Uh, but you took me to see Much Ado About Nothing, except they had done... You know, normally, if you go see a Shakespeare play, they toss the music numbers, if there are any. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they don't know what the fuck to do with them. Right. But these guys did them. Right. And, you know, they had, like, they had made, like, uh, you know, like, little catchy music numbers to all the, like, hey, nani nani stuff. Oh, right. Uh, and, hey, nani nani. Well, I just remember, the one part I remember is, like, it's the, it's the guy playing, uh, uh, what's his face? The main guy. Bear, uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember. Shoot, anyway. Uh, this was in Much Ado? This is in Much Ado. Oh, uh... It's Benedict. 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 Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's Benedict up there. And, you know, the guy they had playing Benedict was kind of like a... Hey, we sang some songs in that play. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, the guy they had playing Benedict was kind of like a heavier set guy with, like, a goatee and slick back hair. And uh, I just remember his face as they're doing like that. Hey, nani, nani, hey, nani, nani. Hey, nani, nani, hey, nani, nani. <laughs> it was just really, really good. Yeah. And the whole thing was really well done. You know, like they were wearing contemporary clothes and, you know, they didn't rely they did too much on... They did it sort of gangster style, as I recall. <laughs> yes. Where they were in like pinstripes, like 1930, yes. 19, whatever, yeah. 40s. I don't know. I don't know where that gangster look comes Is that 40s? Yeah, I guess, you know, Prohibition era. Yeah, but they were in pinstripe suits yeah. and, yeah, and, yeah. and very, very gangster-like. Yes, and I think the girls were all kind of wearing, like, flappery. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, but it was really well done, and I remember it vividly, and I think I went to see that with you maybe when I was, like, 10? I do remember that. You know, like, probably not much older than Sam. That was Sam. Quilla Theater. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Quilla and it was, Production or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember it vividly, uh, just because it, I, I enjoyed it so much, right. you know, like it was not a school production. And sometimes, you know, they do that. You know, sometimes you can get yeah, you do. a decent you Shakespeare do. production, but it's so hard. Right. It's so hard I mean, to I'm do. even, th- I'm thinking of like Joss Whedon's, uh, 
production of Much Ado About Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I like the actress who played uh, Beatrice. Right. And she's done a lot of stuff. She's that's true. Uh, was she in like the Dollhouse or something? Uh, yeah, something. And, and she's been in a lot of his. She's one of his actresses. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the ones he owns. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, like, I yeah, there's the, like the John Waters actors. You yeah, know, like, you know Quentin's got Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and and Tarantino, I think. Although, uh, has he only been in the Pulp Fiction? Uh, Tarantino's been in. Who, uh, sorry, who do you mean? Tarantino acting uh, I, Tarantino. Uh, no, I'm, I said Tarantino. I meant Travolta. Travolta yeah, I think he's only been, in, only been in Pulp Fiction. But, he, although, but Vince Vega is, a, is in his universe. Yes. Yes. And uh, you've also got... Uh, who else do you have in that? You see in all of them. Well, you see Tarantino in it. Buscemi? <laughs> no, he's only uh, in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I don't think you see Buscemi in all of them. You do see, although now you're seeing more Leonardo DiCaprio ever since Django. Right. Uh, He's become one of his actors. Become one of his actors. And that sort of makes sense because you get used to working with people. You develop a communication with them. Oh, Tim Roth is in a lot of them. And boy, is that guy good. Boy, is that guy good. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was listening to Very Bad Wizards the other day, and they were sort of, they didn't talk much about Tim Roth's. Performance, although I thought Tim Roth was great in it. Uh, in, in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. You know, and I didn't like, what's her name, Amanda... Is that the, that's the, that's his girlfriend, that's Honey Bunny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I agree with them, she was bloody obnoxious. She was a bit obnoxious, but you know, she was sort of, sort of supposed to be <laughs> obnoxiously psycho, you know? I guess so. To the point where you're almost like... Oh, she was annoying, dude. She's a fucking liability. Well, and maybe, <laughs> I, well, and maybe that's what maybe maybe he did a better job than than, than uh, the bad wizard boys are giving him credit sure. for. And I, I think that's probably true. It's easy to shit on things. It is easy to shit on things. I'm trying to define myself more by the things that I like now. That is a very good policy. Yeah, uh, you're putting it on the line. And that being said, let's continue to trash plays. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we, you weren't actually. You were no, propping up like, Aquila Theater yeah, and, really and saying they did that. a good job. Yeah. And I thought I can't remember which production company did it, but we saw a production of Othello, which was really that was put on. I don't know which production, which company, I really enjoyed. I remember seeing that at UVM. That was up at the UVM. No, I saw it at Flynn. I think you and I saw different shows. That could well be. Yeah. I uh, love that play to begin with. Yep. Because it's got a lot of sort of iconic Shakespearean ideas. Yes. Uh, Have you heard much about this theory that Shakespeare didn't write all those plays? Yeah. Any, yeah. any, have you ever looked into that at I all? I don't care. Yeah, me neither, I, I, actually. I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Like, I'm not that concerned. Okay. Uh, you know, if it's good enough to be mistaken for a Shakespearean play, it's good enough. Okay. Uh, and if we can find out who wrote it, you know, I'm sure their family will be very happy. Sure. Uh, but I don't care. <laughs> if there's any left. Yeah. Around. yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's sort of like, I'm trying to think if there's other things like that where, like, you, <laughs> where you, you find out. Where you just not really that interested. Well, 
Yeah. What I, about I'm, the moon landing? I'm not. What if you found out the moon landing was faked? Uh, I would be fucking amazed. Okay. I would. It would change my worldview in some very dramatic ways. Okay. Uh, but, but boy, not, but but boy not, would the evidence have to be strong. But not, you know, Shakespeare didn't write Othello. <laughs> Turns out it was this guy who was working with him. You know? Yeah, no, don't really care about it. Well, okay. it's like learning that Michelangelo didn't paint the Sistine Chapel. Right. You know, he sketched it. Right. He supervised it. And then it. a bunch of other people and painted it for him. Yeah, because yeah. it's a big fucking job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to paint this cathedral. Uh, see you, pal. Right. <laughs> you want us to close the door? You want us to leave the door open? <laughs> so, are there fumes? I don't know how it yeah, works. Uh, anyway. All right, we'll see. What do you think it's going to take you? A few, few decades. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, that doesn't... You know what? We'll be back in 20 years to check <laughs> in, and then, you know, if you need right. extra time. That doesn't fine. bother me at all. It doesn't bother me that artists sketch out their ideas, use an eraser, and try it again. Sure. Like, I got no illusions about how perfection has arrived at the creative process. process. And, you know, you might be able to squirt one out with no erasing. Sure. Uh, But probably not most of them. Right. You know, certainly songs are written and plays are written and shows are written and theaters written and anything good. You go back, you test the words, you know, you come back again, you... uh, and it, while it's possible for a monkey to type out, you know, Shakespeare... Well, it wouldn't surprise me if they were written in more of a... You know, like, they were... You know, from what I understand about Shakespeare, and I could be totally wrong about this, but he wrote... Sketch in, out the ideas. He Well, he wrote... They all spent... All the playwrights of that era spent time in one particular bar all hanging out together. So it would not surprise me... Uh-oh. Hang on. And away they go. All right. Uh, so it would not surprise me if they all kind of got together and worked on plays more collaboratively than we think of, like just, you know, Shakespeare alone in a room writing out, sure, you know, Romeo and Juliet. His, all on his lonely Adinaki. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, although I do think writers work fairly solitary. Yeah. Like novelists and, and that, that sort of thing. And, sure. And poets we know works, you know, in solitary uh, because who wants to hang out with a fucking <laughs> Because nobody wants to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a cheap shot, but... I think uh, if, you're, if your uh, old writing teacher ever pops up with your old poems... Yeah, that I think... wasn't a writing teacher, but yes. Oh, uh, what, was it a Drama? It was a drama. drama teacher? Yeah. Okay, so if your drama teacher ever pops by with any of your, uh, which with your book of poems, which, which he, he could, could. Which he's threatened to do. Right. If he does, uh, I would very much like to read them at the beginning and end of every you know, podcast. You know, it's funny. I Maybe just at the end. I thought about the moment when he might, because he said he's going to drop by. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine he will if he gets the opportunity. He'll certainly stop in. I hope to say hi. I really like the guy. Sure. Uh, but I've thought about what I will do when that happens. Right. And I'm not sure whether I. You'll light it on fire. I was thinking or of put it directly into the shredder. Shredder. Or uh, just maybe throw it into the dumpster next to a soggy old banana. Because because I know you pretty well, and you could burn it without taking a look at it. And I would. 
No, I know. I would. I know. But you don't, like, a lot of people would have that, Because like, I know it's going to be bad. Yes. But a lot of people would have that need to be like, I just have to see. You just know? have to read them I before just have I burn to, them? Yeah, I just have to know what was in there before I I know what was in I there. I, every, every bad idea that formulated before I had a single good idea. Right. That's what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I made the foolish mistake of writing it down. Yeah. Uh, I should have just thought it. Right. <laughs> what if you opened it up and it turns out it wasn't as bad as you thought it was? Not going to happen. It's really deep. It, I, you know what? Like, oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to start reevaluating the moon landing on, if that this happens. On, <laughs> this is on Jim Carroll's level. <laughs> Hardly. Yeah. You know, there may be one good line in there. Uh, it's Jim worth, Carroll, it's uh, uh, for it. those who don't know, wrote the Basketball Diaries. It's it's not worth, you know, there may, be, there may be one good line in there. Because right. even a blind chicken picks up some grain now and again. Mm-hmm. Which you learned from your photography teacher, I did. I, did. I had some very good teachers throughout the, and I had some spectacularly shitty ones too. Yep. Uh, but I had a few really good ones. Uh, Flown, Doug Flown, who, who was my drama teacher. Flown I, I never, I don't believe <laughs> I ever had him for any classes maybe right I don't I was not I think he taught a more advanced English and I was sort of in the remedial classes sure (laughs) (coughs) so uh, my knowledge uh, of languages my my effort the effort that I put into things was limited right okay Uh, but he taught he taught drama and he you know sort of supervised the, the plays that were put on at the school right and I was involved in lots of them okay um, if not acting in them, doing lights, behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. Uh, you know, I helped him do a bunch of the choreography for... Uh, you don't think of me as a choreographer. I, I do know. not, no. But I helped, and it was really... But I guess, it was I less, mean, like, you're a pretty physical guy. I mean, like, you did gymnastics well, that, and, and all and that, the... And that's a lot of what I was doing. So, you know, right. he would do dance, the dance stuff, uh, or not even the dance stuff, but... Because we didn't do a lot of dance, but and you and you went through all the high kicking. <laughs> well, well, like for example, oh, stuff. for example, I convinced him to. We had a balcony in our theater at school, sure, and a really nice one. Okay. And I convinced him that we started off the play by by the two gangs coming down rival different sides of the balcony down a rope. Cool, you know, like climbing down into like you would in a city, you know, just climb down a fire escape or something like that. Sure. Uh, to create that illusion, and it was really effective. Yeah, but you know the crowd was not expecting it. It was surprising, and it was fun, mm-hmm. and we, you know everybody you know did this up to the stage and <laughs> sure. stuff like that. Uh, but he wouldn't have done that if I. In fact, he tried to talk me out of the idea. He said, "Ah, it's dangerous. What if a what if a child gets injured?" I go, "Ah, they'll make more of them." Right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're a dime a dozen. Yeah. One of us gets injured. One of us gets injured. Somebody else will step in. (laughs) Uh, It's like the head of the Hydra. We'll have somebody ready to carry him quietly out the back. One goes down. Two more pop back up. (laughs) Exactly. So, so he he went for it. He let us do it, and which was a brave and bold thing that would fucking never happen today. Right. Because children are so bubble wrapped. You are very precious, Dad. Super. We are all like snowflakes. Yeah. Each one. Yeah, of we're us. running out of people. We're out about it. So uh, protect the species. <laughs> we're like a virus. 
virus, Mr. Mm-hmm. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's the smell. <laughs> there is such a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That probably wouldn't happen today. Anyway, but but he was a he was a, a creative guy, super fucking patient. Yeah, uh, and he created some really cool productions. Uh, you know, given the limited talent of his cast. By the time I was doing uh, plays and drama and stuff like that, we had people who were being cast just because they were losers in other aspects of life. Yeah, this is problematic when they start to. You know, the same things ha- happened in your brother's band. Yeah. You know, where they would just let everybody play. And I know that there's a space where you got to let everybody play. Like in the school. Sure. You know, where you got to say, you know, everybody's welcome. You just pick up an instrument, you know. Right. But when you're doing your gig on... There should be some fucking standard. Right. For when you're doing your gig on Church Street. Well, there should be some standard even just for playing. Like, you know, for example... Oh, God, I would not have made that standard. And Well, and fine. <laughs> you know, like, everybody's allowed to sit in the uh, sit in the orchestra pit with an instrument, but only I think some I would are have tried harder. I think I would have tried harder. <laughs> I think I would... Uh, honestly, I think I would have tried harder if they'd said, like, Hey, look, Francois, you know, uh, you're not playing this song correctly, so you can't do the thing on Church Street until you nail it. Well, certainly... Then I would have been like, Certainly oh, for crap. that kind of oh, performance man. should be juried. Like, the, you know, the, only the kids who are good enough should be allowed to go out and represent the school, for example. Sure, yeah. But to play in the audience when the parents come and stuff. And, and you know, with music, funny enough, yeah. you can ramp the degree of difficulty. Right. For example, you know, one kid can play the root notes... Right. And another kid can play a melody. Right. You know, so you can actually ramp the difficulty. That's true. And you give your you give your first chair the difficult pieces because they practiced and because they earned the position. And you give your next chair a slightly less difficult version of it so that everybody can play well. So that sure. the fucking song doesn't sound like a shit show, thereby crushing the spirits of any musician in that band who has any aspirations to play music. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember that I would just follow along with the music, like, it, because I didn't want to screw it up. I didn't want to screw the. You know, the, to wank the out the a wrong note, yeah. a bad note. So I would just. Which the saxophone can bloody well do loudly. Oh, yeah. And so what I would do is I would follow, like, I could read the music well enough and know where we were well enough to just be, to just play the notes I knew how to play, and then I'd rest on everything else. Right, you Good. know that's what you should do. That's right. what a musician should do. Uh, when you fuck up or you get lost in a song, you know what you do? You take your hands off the instrument. <laughs> Just stop and playing. You wait until you get back up to speed. Let's regroup. Come up with a new plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that being Here said, we are. Uh, go out and see some theater, folks. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. Right on. Right on.